there. Welcome to Season 3 of the How to Make a Podcast podcast. My name is Casey Ruff from Boundless Body LLC, and I am the host of Boundless Body Radio. Join us this season as we chat with other successful podcasters to give you the best tips and tricks to create your own podcast that makes you proud to share with the world. Without further delay, enjoy today's episode. Jorge Ramon Lopez, what's up, my man? How's it going, Casey? Thank it's you for having great. me. Oh, it's absolutely an honor to have you. You are the author of Return to Human and the host of the Live Damn Well podcast. So cool to have you. Thank you again for having me. Yeah, excited to talk about my podcast. Honestly, I'm honestly more excited to talk to you about your podcast because you are in like probably one of the most insanely productive people in like podcasting that I've seen. You crank out like so many podcasts that I feel like I should be interviewing you. Oh, geez. Well, we do. We're still on, <laughs> on track to do three every single week and then sometimes a bonus episode on, on the end. We interviewed on you on our primary show, but on my uh, Boundless Potty Radio, episode number 334. And congratulations. You were the first person I ever had to apologize to starting that episode because i goofed up your damn name oh it's all good dude it's all good it's all good it happens a lot i knew you would say it's all good but i felt terrible about it and honestly like what a what a like hard way to learn a lesson about paying attention to details i was not paying attention to details and look what happened i do something really stupid like i know you wouldn't care to forgive me for it but like that's your name dude like i i felt i felt really bad about it (laughs) Honestly, as long as you get the first name for me, it's like, okay, it's, we're chilling on the last name. It's fine. <laughs> well, you're very kind. Um, again, I really love your content. I love your book, which I have behind me. Um, you did a really Thank great you, job man. kind of telling the story that I think is very relevant around health. But we're here today to talk about your podcast. So I want to know right off the bat, what is your why for podcasting? Why did you decide to start? So I initially decided to start uh, around the same time as my book because I felt that a lot of podcasts were very um, were very much like echo chambers. It was like you just heard the same story over and over again. And I was really trying to, and I know we talked about this on the Boundless Body uh, interview that we did, but it, it's hard to not make it an echo chamber, honestly, because it's like I try, for example, I started off the podcast with more animal-based people, and then I invited a bunch, like upwards of 50, I want to say, like I sent out a lot of emails to plant-based people, uh, researchers and otherwise, and I didn't get a lot of uh, responses back. Right. And it was like, I'm really trying to make it even now, you know, and kind of like, you know, tip the balance in the other direction and find out what is the truth, because that's what we're all after. Uh, But I didn't find that was like really sticking. Like people just weren't responding in the plant-based world. Maybe they saw that it was like a bunch of animal-based people and they were like kind of disheartened by that. I, I don't know. Uh, but I initially, that was my main why. It was like figuring out how can I make a platform that has people that I'm genuinely interested in talking about to try to get as many little pieces of the health puzzle together so that if someone were super confused about what is health and you know how do you eat healthy, how do you sleep better, how do you manage your stress better, they have this platform where I am learning just as much as they are learning. And I hope to convey that sort of curiosity of uh, willing to to branch out into a bunch of different uh, avenues. And and uh, yeah, that was really the main goal, to make it comprehensive. Yeah. Okay. So on that note, how are you able to bring somebody on that may or may not have the same opinion as you have? And how are you able to you know ride that line of getting that information without making it be like a debate or making it be like fighty? 
Well, I recognize that I'm not an expert. And so while I, uh, you know, while I can go on PubMed and, you know, research things like they can, uh, it's important to know that if someone, you know, as much as I like to question authority and not just blindly follow things because someone tells you to do them or, you know, someone tells you something, don't just take it as true. Um, I also recognize that there is immense value in doing something like a PhD or a master's degree. And if you have been trained that way and like, you know, the literature, like I'm not going to pretend to know more literature than you. What I will do is I will say, well, have you, have you read this study? Have you looked into this? Like I will never, well, I will attempt to not phrase it as, well, you know, this study said this, blah, blah, blah. Like I will be, I will try my hardest to actually before the podcast even starts, before we hit record, uh, you know, days before, or maybe a week before we record, I'll send them out whatever papers I would actually like to touch on. And I'll have them explain why they think some of them are valid or some of them are invalid. Um, if, if I have some piece of evidence that goes against what they believe. So you're really preparing your guests for something to talk about that may be difficult for them, but they know kind of what they're walking into. And I like I like that right. approach. I think as a podcast host, you need to get really good at being a wordsmith. I'm I'm often not very great at that, but but I like the technique of like, well, this study says this. This group of people mm. over here, they claim this. It's not a right. direct like I think you're wrong. It's that these people might have a different opinion, what would you say to them? And then as a podcast host, that takes all the pressure off of you and you can get an honest answer. Yeah. And I think staying really true to your why too, because yeah, like when I first started the podcast, I was really like nervous and kind of looking for conflict in a sense, because I was like, okay, I know that I'm going to bump into people who, who have different ideas about me. I'm ready to fight, you know, but then it, you know, a few podcasts into a few episodes into it, I, I was just thinking to myself, that's not what this is about. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to kind of get your ego out of the way, but as much as you can, like I had sticky notes, for example, like uh, not right now because I'm actually in the library in my school, but like back home, I had sticky notes on the wall, wherever I would do my podcast. And I would have little, these little reminders telling me like, okay, this is, this is your why. So I would tell myself like, um, you know, little tips like, you know, rephrase or, um, you know, be authentic, be genuine, be curious. And I would have those up like right behind like the screen here, just to remind me that is really, that's what this is about. Like, don't, don't get caught up in like this. I'm right. You're wrong thing, because it's not what it's about. I love that. No, I absolutely love that. I'm looking at my sticky notes, which I also have. Um, you are creating <laughs> something awesome. special. I have one that says, um, because I say, um, a bazillion times. Um, yeah, I've got a few there. And I, <laughs> I, I love that as like simple reminders to keep you yeah. centered on what I think is the most important part of all of this, which you mentioned being true to your why. So I really love and appreciate yeah. that. Are there any metrics that you look at to tell you whether you are successful or not successful is download something that's important to you is, you know, an increase in dollars into your coaching business business part of the equation like how do you know that you are being successful with that yeah so well more recently i've been starting to get more feedback uh, whether it be you know people reaching out on instagram every once in a while or people just emailing me directly and saying like hey i just watched this interview it like really really uh opened up my eyes to something like thank you so much for doing this uh, like i've gotten really nice messages um and and that to me is very very meaningful Honestly, like, I think that I would say that that's the most meaningful thing to me um, at the moment. Um, obviously, like having more, um, you know, getting more coaching clients or uh, 
you know, some ad revenues, that's nice too, but that's not where I'm at currently. I think I'm, I'm growing very slowly and sort of some of it is like on purpose because I, that's why I said at the beginning, like I'm amazed that you do three podcasts a week because it's like an insane amount of work. Um, and so finishing up school right now, doing one every other week is like still like a lot. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of what my proxies are for uh, success. It's really uh, getting those like messages from people that I'm making an impact, whether it be small, um, it, that, that means a lot to me right now. But in the future, definitely like, you know, the amount of listens and the amount of uh, views, that's something that I do more on YouTube than actually like uh, Red Circle is what I use as the hosting platform. But um, uh, yeah, on YouTube, it's much more, it's much better analytics than the Red Circle that I have. So I, I rely more on those. Um, and I think, I, I don't know, I've just had way more success on YouTube. Interesting. Why do, you, why do you think that is? I'm not sure. I, I So for myself, if I'm at home just chilling, I'm going to watch the video. But if I'm doing other things, then I'm going to listen. So I, I don't know why that is exactly. I don't know if I'm, I'm more, it's more findable on YouTube or more people like to uh, watch videos of mine. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know if you've experienced like something like that. It's, it's a great question. Uh, you know, before we were, you know, publishing a lot of videos, I would take my podcasting software, which, which is called Alitu, which I really like. It does editing and all kinds of different features that I, I like, and it makes it worth the price for me. But it would, I would take the audio file and make it into a video file. It would just be a squiggly line. And I would be kind mm-hmm. of surprised how many people would listen or watch the squiggly line on YouTube versus get it on other podcast apps. And I had one person tell me that socioeconomically in some groups of people in some places in the country, it is easier for people to access YouTube than it is for them to add to, to access podcasting apps. So I, I didn't know that. I'm not sure how true that is, but interesting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And now that we've done more like recorded videos with the conversation, I think I think that's helping add some engagement. It's, it's really nice to kind of see the interaction between the two. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so brass tacks. Let's get right down to some of the things that you use and you think make you successful. Let's talk hardware. What kinds of pieces of hardware are essential for you to do your podcast? Honestly, when I first started, I don't think it was until number 40 that I actually invested in a microphone. Amazing. Um, so I just had this, you know, I just had the, the earbuds, the wired earbuds plugged into my computer and uh, a charger just to make sure that, you know, my computer was charged. And that was that was pretty much it. Um, something that helps too, just for aesthetics is like a, a ring light you could get. And they're pretty cheap for the most part. Or, you know, just find a, a window, an open window where you can just like, you know, let the natural light kind of hit you. Um, but other than that, I mean, nothing, nothing really. That's really encouraging. I really like that. And I wish more people knew that about those Apple wired headphones. The quality is really pretty great. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I like, didn't know that. I, I was actually like telling my girlfriend, like, can you hear the difference between this new, uh, this new microphone and these wired earbuds? Because I was like, I hope I made a good investment. Right. And she's like, I can't really tell the difference. Wow. Uh, I can, 
because I think I've just like heard way more podcasts, but, uh, but yeah, like these are great to start with. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know. It, it's because my setup is a little bit different. So I always record into my phone because the camera's really nice and, and it works really well. It's really convenient. I don't have to try to move my computer around and it's in a good spot where, you know, I, I can talk into like soft areas that I think helps with sound quality. And I record directly into the Rodecaster Pro mixer, which I really like. It helps kind of self-contain everything. It was expensive, uh, but it helped make things easy for me when I got going. So I, I really enjoyed that. But but the issue I was having is if I was doing a Zoom interview, as long as everything went through the mixer when I was the host and talking through this, everything worked fine because I'm recording audio not from Zoom but on my mixer. When I got hosted, in particular on your show, I'm using the same podcast mixer, but the problem is you might be taking your audio from Zoom directly, which means I'm now just getting the the, the audio from the phone without headphones at all, and I sound like I'm in a fishbowl. Like I, The sound quality is really bad. <laughs> so what I found is yeah. that if I'm going to be hosted on somebody's show, I'm going to hook up my phone, I'm going to put all of this fancy podcasting stuff away, and just put those wired headphones in, and it makes a huge difference. Yeah, and actually something else related to that. Um, I found that when I started using my new microphone that was um, you know attached via USB-C, it, the Zoom app actually wouldn't recognize that someone was talking. So if you ever use, like, if you hit the little, like, top right corner on Zoom and hit the view and you hit speaker view, it's going to be on your guest the whole time, like, wow. depending on the microphone you have. So that that one kind of screwed me up because there was one interview I had where it was literally just, like, <laughs> like the, the video was just on the person I was interviewing the whole time. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it never changed views. So uh, now I usually do gallery because then you can edit it later. Um, and kind of like cut out who you want to focus on. Um, but, but yeah, definitely pay attention to if, if it actually picks up your microphone. That's a really good tip. And that's really interesting too. You know, how do you edit? So you're editing, you're talking about editing video. Yes. So I always download my, my interviews on gallery view. So you always see the two people at the same time. How are you editing to switch back and forth between speaker view and editor view? Yeah. So honestly, I just use the most simple thing. I use iMovie um, and then I'll, I'll crop it and I'll crop the certain am- amount of video while they're talking and I'll just kind of like narrow it in on there. Um, it's really easy because they have like these outlined um, where perfectly at halfway, it like stops you. It stops you from cropping. So you get just the person there wow. and it's like pretty clean. So interesting. That's a great idea. I haven't used iMovie in a long time, but that sounds like a really easy thing to do. You're doing that on a Mac, not necessarily on your phone. Right. On a Mac. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so recently at the end of season two of this show, I did a podcast where I went on studio to somebody who owns a podcasting studio that's set up just for podcasting. And one of the cool things is they had three different cameras in three different spots and he would just manually switch and switch back. Like if I would talk, it would be a camera on me. Then he might go to a wide shot where you could see both of us. And then if he was responding, he would switch back to him. And it made the content to watch like really dynamic. It looked really good. Yeah. That's amazing. I actually, I've been meaning to learn how to do that. I don't understand how you, how you actually do that. I, I don't either, but I know somebody who yeah. we can talk to to figure out. So that's, okay. that's at least good. Um, and then, okay. So going back to the microphone, do you think that investment yeah. was worth it or not? Yes, I do. I do. Because I do think that it's a noticeable enough of a difference where I think it, um, 
it does add more value to the listeners. Gotcha. So safe to say, like, if you yeah. don't have one, if you don't have the money up front, use wired headphones. And if you do, that's something that you put high up on the list. Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, yeah, I don't know if I would put anything else higher on the list. Um, potentially, this isn't necessarily like hardware, but it's something like on your computer that you can get is uh, like Canva, like you can even get that for free, but there's some things that are nice with the premium version of Canva that you could buy just for like social media and for making, um, you know, cool covers for, for videos and stuff like that. Um, and logos that can be cool too. So, um, that could be, that's something else that I would recommend. Nice. No, that's great. I love that minimalist approach and how, what good quality can come out of that. You don't need a lot. You don't need to invest yeah. a lot. That's great. What? Okay. So that's the hardware. What about the software? What what kinds of software do you use? You've already mentioned Zoom and you mentioned your host, which I've never heard of. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell us a little bit about what software you find? Yeah. yeah, so Zoom is the one uh, I've mostly been using up until actually the last one, which is Riverside. Riverside is awesome. I actually love Riverside. It's just I haven't gotten around to um, investing in it. I don't want to invest in it yet until I try it. Um, but other than that, it's iMovie, which is you know comes free on Mac. Um, what else? GarageBand for audio. Uh, if I need to do some clipping there and red circle, did I say red circle already? Did, that's yeah, the, that's, that's the hosting platform. Okay. Yeah, How much does yeah, that so cost? That's free. Or at least it was free when I got it because it was very early on when they started. I don't know if it's currently still free. That's great. And what kind of features does that have? So that one is nice because it has, uh, you know, it has some analytics. The analytics are, are still, they're working on it. Um, they're better now. Um, and it tells you, you know, is it, you know, mobile? Is it desktop? Is it, you know, all around the world? It tells you like what specific locations you're getting heard from the most, uh, what apps. So are you getting heard more on Spotify or Apple? Um, and it gives you, you know, individual analytics for each uh, one of your episodes as well. That's cool. That sounds like a cool way to track. Are you ever surprised at some of the locations where people are listening to your podcast? Yeah, it was super weird. It's like Netherlands, like Germany. I was like, oh, I know someone from the Netherlands. I wonder if that's the one person listening to this. <laughs> that's great. At least proves yeah. it's not your mom listening to all the episodes yeah. because people everywhere. Um, exactly. That's exactly. Great. That's great. Okay, so as you're thinking, yeah. your podcast is interview style, correct? Do you ever do solo episodes or is it all yes. interview? Um, I've done two or three that... It no, I've done like four that have been uh, solo episodes. Um, and honestly, I like that. I, I've been meaning to do more. It's just uh, sometimes the preparation can be, it depends on who the guest is, but uh, I like to keep it more conversationalist now. So I have a few, I have questions in the back of my mind to ask the person, but, uh, and I prepare depending on how technical the interview is going to be. But uh, usually that seems to flow more than like when you're on your own, sometimes it can be a little bit more, especially the first few, it can be more intimidating to just talk to yourself, uh, to an audience that you can't see or hear. So, um, uh, yeah, but it's, it's a mix of both and I, I like doing both. That's great. So that was going to be my next question is what kind of preparation are you doing for your interview podcast? For the interview podcast? Yeah. So I stock everything. I stock the, the life out of them, right? So I'll, I'll look up their name on Instagram, on Facebook, on, you know, just on Google. Um, and I've, I'll definitely, uh, an essential part is looking at what other people have interviewed them um, just to see, you know, what they're like as guests, uh, what they respond to, um, what questions they've already been asked. I don't, I don't typically like to, I think at first I kind of, you know, asked sort of the similar, similar questions as other people. Now I've been very conscious about 
not asking the same questions over and over and trying to get a new perspective. Because if that person is more, has been interviewed more, like I had um, Dr. Joel Gould on my podcast and he's been on like some very big podcasts like um, Impact Theory with Tom Bilyeu, for example. And so he, you know, a lot of people have seen his work. So for me to just say the same old questions over and over, it doesn't bring more value to people that they couldn't find more easily elsewhere. So I'll typically look at that. I'll look at video interviews. I'll look at audio interviews and I'll download all those so that I can listen to them in like the weeks before I, I interview them and write up the questions. Um, and then, you know, from that, I'll, I'll always get things like um, that, that come up for me like, oh, well, I wish this interviewer would have asked this question. And so I'll write that down. Um, I actually have, I recommend Notion. Actually, I did not, I did not uh, talk about that, but Notion is an awesome organizer for all of your, your files and your content. Um, and I use Notion to do episode descriptions. I write down which guests are yet to be interviewed, which ones I've already interviewed. Um, and so, yeah, I'll, I'll write it down. It's an, it's an app on your phone as well as like on your desktop. So I can just like, whenever I'm listening to something on the go, I'll just pull up my phone and write down the question um, for that guest. Um, I've never heard of that. I have never heard of that. That sounds awesome. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's a very, very, um, there's a lot you can do with it, which I really like. Um, and so, yeah, that's the main thing. If they have any articles or blogs, or I'll look at their website and I'll, um, you know, kind of snoop around there and see, you know, while they're about page, I'll, I'll look at if they have any testimonials, um, just basically get a feel for what that person does, uh, and what their main message is and uh, write up questions for that. Yeah, that's nice. I I used to have pre-written questions, <laughs> potential questions. I would never live or die by whatever script I came up with, but I would always make a list of those things. And I feel like the more I go, the more I do appreciate that more conversational approach. But I want to go into that episode knowing as much as I possibly can about that person because same, like we don't ever want to create the same interview that somebody's already done a thousand times. And this actually, this yeah. might be a good example. This happened today. I was going into an interview with somebody who's been on a lot of get on a lot of shows and we had already talked about mm -hmm. what we wanted to talk about and it was a good topic. I don't think it was going to be super strong, but I think it would have been helpful for some people, but she made a post today that was um, really well done and very thoughtful and took things in a totally different direction. And it's the first time she's really talked about that. The first time I've really heard that type of perspective. And so talking to her before the interview and saying like, look, like we can talk about that other stuff, but this content is totally fresh. I know you haven't gone on other shows to talk about this. So we're going to, if we go there here, yeah. this will be totally unique. And you'll find that you'll feel like this is something special that you want to share around. Yeah. Yeah. That is something that I've experienced more in like the, the most recent episodes of mine. Uh, it's, it's yes, have something written because if you're someone who's, uh, you're about to start a podcast and you're a little bit nervous about public speaking, you hate the sound of your own voice. I totally get that. Have something written for when you get that brain fart, you have something there for you. But yeah, that's happened to me probably like five times where I probably only ask one of the 10 questions. And then the rest of the interview is just like what I'm genuinely interested in. And if you do that, like that interest, that curiosity will, that will be heard. Like your, your listeners will hear that and that, that'll make them more curious because if you're genuinely curious, that brings some different energy. Yeah, I totally agree. I will keep on hand. I don't use this as much as I used to, but I will keep on hand. Oh, here you go. It's a list of great pod yeah. questions. So these are, these are general questions that I ask 
anybody, my clients or whatever, or things I've stolen from other podcasts. What are you grateful for? What is a proverbial mountain that you're climbing right now? What is a question you don't want me to ask you? What is your definition of success? And do you consider yourself personally successful? On and on and on. And I just keep this mm. with me if I'm in an interview and we're kind of like getting stuck and I want to extend the interview and yeah. maybe like head in a different direction. I just have that on hand. And yeah, again, sometimes I go to it, sometimes I don't. But do you ever have like general questions that you like to ask most people? Uh, yes. So I've been kind of, I toyed with this at the beginning of my podcast. I kind of left it through the middle and now I'm kind of refining it. Uh, I used to do like a, a quick three questions at the end, like a rapid fire rounds of, of questions I would ask everyone. Recently, it's been, what is your morning routine? Um, it's what are your you know favorite books? And I am blanking on the last one, but typically those are, Oh, uh, what's your favorite podcast? <laughs> because oh. I, I love to hear what my what my guests uh, listen to as well, um, and it can actually help give me some um, some feedback and and help me make my podcast better. Because if if your your guest typically has been on quite a few podcasts, unless it's like a new person kind of you know starting out, but they've been on a lot of podcasts, and so they they know from being a guest who knows their stuff and who is kind of still like getting the hang of it. So yeah, I like there's that new, thing. new podcasts coming out all the time. So to learn a different way, a different yeah. approach, learn for good or for bad things not to do, you know, there's a lot out there. You can always be curious and always be learning and best case scenario, you might find a podcast that you love that you get to discover. And now you get to binge all the way through, which is totally great. Yeah. And actually one other one that I forgot that I, um, I got from Tim Ferriss. Uh, I listened to one of his episodes on how he built like his podcast and sharing tips. And, uh, one of the questions is in the pre, in the pre like episode, like right when you guys are both on the zoom meeting before you hit record, ask the, the uh, guest, what is something that you wish more interviewers would ask you? And that, that is something that uh, is, is super valuable. It's a very unique tool because it not only builds rapport and like makes the other person feel like you care about that person, um, but it just makes the rest of the interview go more smoothly. And you're talking about something that they're genuinely interested in talking about. So I think it's a few times that I've used it. I've, I've only you know heard about that like a, a month or so ago. So I've been you know, starting to implement that, but, uh, it's been, it's been good. It's been noticeable. Nice. That's great. Yeah. I'll phrase it a little bit differently, but I'll try to ask a similar question before. Like what's something that is under told, what is something that is kind of hidden in plain sight or that not many people are talking about. So similar kind of a thing. And you're right. Like you yeah. get, you get some really unique answers and some really unique content when you go down that road. Is there anything else you're doing while you are recording your show? Like, are you just trying to focus on the person and just stay in the moment or are there notes you're taking? What, what things are you doing? as you are recording your session? So it depends. Uh, I used to take some notes because um, it's easy to get like lost in your own thoughts while someone is talking. Um, and, and a lot of questions start to come up. So one thing that I would do is like grab a sticky note or a notebook and like while they're talking and saying something is writing down a question that comes up uh, just so you have it there in, in case that like, um, you know, you forget what you were saying and you, you want to go back to that question. I wouldn't, I don't necessarily, I don't know if I would recommend that now because I feel like it takes the attention off of what they're saying. Uh, and I, I, I think that that is very valuable. And it's like also part of just being a, a good coach, uh, which I've learned applies to a lot of other areas of your life is um, pay attention to what the person is saying because, and not just thinking about what you're going to say next, because 
you're totally missing opportunities for for something that they may be saying that you haven't heard of yet. That's a really good point. What I'll what I'll do during an episode is I'll timestamp certain things to save myself time for editing. So if there's a goof or a you know something I want to go edit, I'll just look down, see where I am on my time. I'll log that so I know exactly where to go in the editing process. I, I realize that's a good thing because that helps me with with what we were talking about earlier. Like with three yes. shows a week that we're releasing, I have to be super efficient with my time. Otherwise, there's like no way I'm going to be able to listen right. through the entire episode, edit the entire episode. I just, I need to go to the four or five places where I think there might be an issue later. However, the other side of that is that when I'm making my notes and we're doing video, like I'm looking away and it's really distracting and somebody might think that I'm like, you know, not paying attention to what they're saying. And I, I kind of feel that energy. So it's interesting both ways. Yes. I feel that energy as well. I think that when I'm, when I'm looking down, sometimes I feel like my guest is like a little bit, um, uh, not necessarily like off put, but maybe a little bit like they're just like, what are, what are you doing looking down and, and doing something else while I'm talking? Yeah. The other thing I'll timestamp yeah. is my host allows me to make what are called visual sound bites. So this will take the best sound. I, I, I can basically select a sound bite from the episode up to like 60 seconds long and I can capture mm. it and put, and it looks good on social media. So somebody might be saying the most awesome thing there's they've said the entire interview. I'm looking away as I'm noting it because I think it's so awesome and I want to use that clip. But then again, they, they might, I do get a little bit of that energy of like, why isn't this person, why is this person not listening to me? So yeah, interesting both ways. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. once your, once your episode is done, take us through the process of, you know, editing, what are you doing afterwards to the, to the, um, to the episode? How, how would you say you go about your editing? Would you say you edit a lot or a little, or how has that changed over time? So it's definitely changed a lot. Uh, the first like 10 episodes, I want to say I would go through all of it, like the entire episode. And I would clip out every, um, and, ah uh, and like stupid moment that I would say. Um, and I think, you know, I don't know if I would go back and tell myself, just leave it in there just because, uh, it was a learning process. Now I have less of those ums and ahs. Now I feel more confident when I stumble. And so it's just smoother as a result of experience. Uh, and so I need less of that editing as well. Um, and so that's part of it. Uh, I, I don't edit as much anymore. And so right now, all I'm doing is I take the video file, I put it into iMovie and I will find a clip that I really like to put as a preview at the beginning of the episode. And then, you know, right after that clip, I will put in my, uh, some animation of a logo. I mean, you don't need to do this, but it's just, I kind of like how it looks. Um, and I'll put in my like video animation of my logo, which will kind of signal, okay, time to get into like the start of the interview. Um, and, and that's, that's pretty much it. I'll, I'll usually take a few clips out. So I'll take like two to four clips out, depending on how long the interview is or how many interesting things they said. And I'll save those for, uh, Instagram to repurpose them on Instagram and to repurpose them as clips on YouTube. That's smart. That's really smart. I love repurposing the content you've already created. One of the next projects I'm doing with Boundless Body Radio is taking the best clips from lots of different episodes and putting them all together to be like, these are the best clips about this one topic. So whether the topic is like protein, Uh, whether the topic is, you know, ketogenic diets or whatever, we could do muscle building. I'm going to go through all of my episodes and take, here's 
10 minutes here. There's 15 minutes here with somebody else. There's another five minutes there with somebody who has a different opinion to present both sides. It's been, it's been a lot of work, but it's a fun project to go back and use the stuff that you've already made. That's all fair game for you to like use right. other platforms. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. That's really smart. Uh, I think the first time I heard of that was on Rich Roll's podcast where he would have like gut microbiome masterclass and he would have like all of these clips of like these different experts on the same episode. Interesting. Yeah. I think did, didn't Tim Ferriss do the same thing with his book, the the Titans book basically wasn't it all like yes. st- clips or stories from his podcast. Yes. Interesting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Okay. So, so editing, it sounds like you've got down pretty well. I love the approach of let's not worry about cutting out all the ums and ahs and things that you feel like you're doing wrong. Let's practice those mm-hmm. things and get better at them over time. So you don't mm-hmm. need to do that. I absolutely love that. Tell us about the most, for me, absolute vexing thing when it comes to podcasting, which is marketing. How are you marketing your podcast? So right now, the only platform that I'm very, very invested in is Instagram. I think uh, it was so super overwhelming at the beginning to be like, okay, well, you could post to Pinterest and you could post to Facebook and you could post to LinkedIn and you could post to like everywhere. And so I got so overwhelmed that I wasn't actually posting. So I decided to just choose one and kind of run with that. Um, so Instagram has been the main one. I What I do to market it is I will have one post that will be the title of the episode, the person's face. And this will all be done on Canva. There's like some, you can really play around with it and get some really cool posts that you can make that will have your logo on it. And it'll have, you know, you could have your face and their face and, you know, you could do whatever you like with that to kind of brand it and make it your own. But that's, that's the first thing I'll do is I'll make a post uh, on the day of that podcast uh, and the day before, maybe I'll have a story or I'll just record myself like talking about what the episode will be like tomorrow just to kind of draw some interest to it and and prepare people for that. And then that week that it's released, I will uh, throw out a couple of clips that I found meaningful and uh, I'll post those on Instagram, usually reels because reels get a lot of traction. Yeah, that is so smart. I wish I would have taken that approach because what I've done is I've used... Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube, although I don't do a ton with YouTube and Instagram as well. And I've homogenized all of them. I treat all of them exactly the same, which is so dumb. I'm, I didn't do a very good job of putting Facebook stuff on Facebook, putting Instagram stuff on Instagram, being efficient, putting Twitter stuff on Twitter. Like I just put the same stuff on all of them. And of course it's not going to do great on, on all of them because they're different platforms. You need different things on different platforms to appeal to what the Twitter people want versus what the Instagram people want. I, I wish I would have been a little bit more concise with that from the beginning right yeah right yeah that's where i was kind of tripping up a little bit too it was like i wasn't seeing very much traction elsewhere and so i decided to do the one that i felt like i i understood the most and the one that i feel like i could have the most success with yeah do you think there's other avenues with marketing that you think you might get into in the future or do you think you'll just stay focused on what you've been doing you know i'm not sure i'm not sure i think i it would be smart for me to choose another platform and and start to to grow that. Uh, what potentially Facebook, I think, is probably a good a good avenue there. TikTok, I just don't want to download TikTok. I know TikTok <laughs> is like super great if you want to go viral and really make something blow up. I just hate it, and so you know, despite that, I, I don't know that I will actually get it. Um, so for now, it'll be Instagram, 
And I, I don't know. I don't think that most people ever do ads for podcasts, but, uh, but yeah, potentially choosing another platform is, is the next move. Yeah. Gotcha. So we have done ads in the past with social media and I wanted to target specific audiences for specific episodes we did. So I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. We did one with a former pro hockey player. Um, he, he was, you know, played in the NHL. He won the Stanley cup. He won a gold medal, like a well-known kind of a dude with a really compelling story. So I decided after that interview that I wanted to do some target marketing. So I wanted to target people that lived in North America that liked hockey, mm -hmm. that were of a certain age that they would have been watching this dude when he was playing. And I spent a lot of money and got almost nothing out of it. And then when I stopped doing ads, I got way fewer views than I was getting originally. I think they punish you, dude. I think like if you run ads and then stop, I, I we noticed like an ad that would get a hundred views with, with ads would then get like 150 views. And then without a, without like the ads again, we get like 20 views. It dropped way off. Yeah. I, I still, I'm not going to pretend and say like, I understand Instagram that well. I understand it enough to be able to use it. But even, even with that, it's like some days I will post and it will be like 3000 views on reels. And then another day it's like a hundred. <laughs> it's like, so yeah, you have to kind of think about how it, it's not like a perfect algorithm either. And it's, you might think it's very compelling, but you know, I don't know. It might just not get out there or people don't find it as compelling as you do. There's somebody in our world who also promotes health that really lamented the fact that they put so much time and effort into these really well done videos and like really educational and, and just put so much effort into it. But like the, the most watched or the second most watched video is like of a double double from in and out burger or something like <laughs> so true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Where would you like to see your podcast in particular go in the future? Not just like for, you know, growth and getting more listens or whatever. Is there anything you might think about changing or evolving as far as the idea of your podcast? I would love to have a studio. I would love to have somewhere where I could actually sit down with people because uh, I used to be super anxious about talking with people uh, in person. And part of what got me over that was like, was like Zoom was helpful because there was like a a buffer of some sorts, but now I've learned to really love, uh, that actual personal contact. So I would love to have people, um, actually come in and go somewhere, have some coffee and kind of talk in person. That would be the goal. Yeah. That's yeah, that's a great answer. And I just want to let you know, like whenever you want to fly me down to Costa Rica to, to be <laughs> on your podcast, I would, I would accept <laughs> you kindly accept that. <laughs> I, <laughs> go ahead. I, uh, I need to get a studio down there first. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, um, it was funny. Like I, I, there, I found some podcasters locally here, um, that I really wanted to interview. Mm. And I said like, Hey, w let me, let me bring my stuff over to your house. Let's set up and let's do an in-person one. And they were like, I'm sorry, but we record in like a really hot stuffy closet. We'll come to your place. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I sit on the floor in the second bedroom talking in my <laughs> cycle gear. So we actually, I ended up reserving a room at a local library. We just recorded there. So that was super fun. Oh, sweet yeah. yeah yeah there are a lot of like office spaces that you can like rent out as well that's becoming more of like a normal thing so yeah, maybe, maybe that's yeah there you go good solution well okay so tell us again the name of your podcast and where people can go to find you and find your podcast yeah so you can find me uh at the live damn well podcast on youtube on all the audio platforms like spotify apple and uh, google and you can find me on Instagram where I'm most active at live.dam.well and my website at livedamwell.com.
Awesome. Thank you so very much. We'll tag those in the notes. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much, Casey. Thanks again for listening to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple. And check out Boundless Body Radio, our primary podcast, where we host world-renowned experts that provide tons of helpful content around health and wellness.